everybody, I'm Faith, and I have Down syndrome. But our podcast is not really about that exactly. And I'm Andrea. I'm friends with Faith. Our podcast is about conversations and connections. It's about how we are the same and how we are different. For each episode, Faith and I interview a different guest. Some of our guests experience intellectual and developmental disabilities, also known as IDD, and some don't. We talk about friendship, family, adulthood, and when it comes up, disability. Our podcast is called Everybody In because we are so interested in everybody. So let's get started. Hey, everybody, I'm Andrea Moore, one of your hosts for Everybody In, a podcast conceived and produced by The Wayfaring Band. And it was Mary McLeod Bethune who said, faith is the first factor in a life devoted to service. Without it, nothing is possible. (laughs) But with it, Nothing is impossible. Well, Faith, I'm feeling very encouraged by the fact that we can do whatever we want now that we have faith. Nothing is off the table. That's great. So I'm lucky that I have Faith. She's here. She's sitting right next to me. Hello, Faith. Hello. Um, I am Faith Vidrain. I am Andrea's co-host. Um, and thank you, everybody, for listening. Yes. Thank you so much for listening. We're really excited. This is actually our final episode of the season. Yes. It has been quite a journey. So thanks, everyone, if you've been following along since the beginning. We have so enjoyed going on this journey with you. It's been a blast. Um, we're really excited because today we have some special guests for our, our final show. Yes. Who are our special guests, Faith? So they're my both sisters. Um so welcome, Marina and Maggie. Maggie and Marina, Marina and Maggie. We're so excited. <laughs> um, if if people have been following along, they've heard you talk a little bit about your sisters and your family in general. Um, so this is really cool. We're going to get to know them a little bit better and, and get a chance for them to, to speak for themselves. Uh, Faith, can you just t- share with us a little bit about how you're going to begin the format today? Yes, so I'll be asking them two questions, and they're going to ask me two surprise questions. Yes, so you'll start with your usual question, right? And then they'll each get a chance to surprise you, which, I mean, listen, (laughs) I'm excited. (laughs) Who knows? I was trying to think. I was like, what kind of surprise questions would I ask my sisters? Um, Could be anything. But then we're kind of shifting gears, right? Right. So the format... Probably for the second half, we're going to talk like I'm going to also kind of help out. And instead of doing our usual format, we're going to shift gears and and I'm going to ask some other questions because we know that there might be a lot of other siblings listening and folks who may have a similar dynamic in their family to the dynamic that you all have in yours. And we want to just kind of learn a little bit more about that and figure out what's working. Like, what are some of the things that you're all doing in your family that other people might be able to to learn from and to empathize with? Does that sound like a plan? Yes. Are you ready to welcome your sisters? I am. Hit it, girl. Okay. Welcome, Raina and Maggie. Hey, thanks for having us. Thank you. We're really very, very excited that you're both here. So thank you very much for coming. We're glad you're here. Thanks. All right, Faith. Okay. Well, please tell me about yourselves. Well, my name is Maggie Lewers. I'm 24 years old and I live in Denver. I am currently a graduate student. I'm studying social work. 
and I want to work with people that are homeless. Awesome. This is so cool. Marina. <laughs> um, hi, I'm Marina Vidrine. I am 34. I live in Lakewood. Um, I work for a hospital, which is a new job for me. I'm really enjoying it. Um, I'm a community liaison, so I build a lot of relationships, which I really enjoy. And uh, I'm a big sister to Faith and Maggie. It's important part of my life. Big job. Yeah. (laughs) I'm also a big sister, so I can relate to that. Um, It's funny, in Faith, we've talked about this before, that we have the same dynamic. We have, in my family, three sisters, one brother, same as you. Mm Kind of cool. But yeah, I relate to Marina in that regard because I'm also the oldest of of the whole team. So it's a job. (laughs) Who knows if I'm doing it well? I'm, you know, (laughs) there's always more to do. Um, Well, very cool. Faith, you want to get started by asking them your first question? Yes. Great. So who is your best friend and why are they so special to you? Maggie. <laughs> well, <laughs> called out. Yeah. <laughs> um, I feel really special because I have a group of my three best friends, Rachel, Asia, and Jillian. And they're all super, super special to me because we all have the same weird sense of humor. And so jokes that I think would just die, they would fall flat with any other people. <laughs> we all s- somehow find funny together. Um, but they're also really special because they have been there for me and my family and hard times. And they've been there to celebrate with me for, you know, just everything that happens in life. Um, yeah. Rachel, Jillian, and Asia. They're super special. They're nice. some good girls. They are. I have a follow-up question, unless you do, Faith. No, go ahead. Well, I'm curious how long you've all been friends. Since, like, middle school, I oh, think. Oh, you're, like, old-school friends, like, you're the same school. group. We have been through, like, the ugly times in our lives wow. together. Some of us are still going through that. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of rare, though, right? For, I mean, I, I, could, I have a handful of friends that I've known since middle school, but I feel like that's rare to go through middle school, high school, <laughs> maybe college for mm-hmm. some folks and then into young adulthood and to still kind of find, you know, that you're all relevant in each other's lives and yeah. you have those similar connections. Mm-hmm. Has it been, have you ever, have you always been this tight or have you had moments where you kind of, you know, drifted away a little bit and then came back together? Or is it just like ride or die? <laughs> um, no, I think we've definitely like drifted in and out of closeness. And mm-hmm. I think it's interesting. Um, coming we all went to college and coming out of undergrad we all moved back to Denver Mm. and have even like gotten closer which Mm. has been really exciting just because like we're all at different stages in our lives but we still like come together and can support one another like no matter if like one of us is going back to school or you know like excelling in their career getting married like we're all kind of Mm. in really different spots in our lives but I think we come back together because We've been through so much, and again, that sense of humor just like helps us through everything. So, yeah, ten plus years of friendship. I don't know. I guess they're stuck with me. (laughs) (laughs) And we can really well before we dig any deeper into Maggie's faith. Can we hear from Marina, and then we can see what kind of 
yes. similarities and differences we notice. Yes. Great. So who's your best friend and why are they so special to you, oh, Marina? I love this question. So my best friend, uh, you guys may know her, uh, certain Jessica Berry. Um, mm-hmm. Her and I have been best friends for 17 years. Whoa. Yeah, a long time. Uh, we met our first semester freshman year of college. We like walked up to each other in a field and we've been best friending ever since. Mm. And um, she's special in and of her own right because she's like a woman who's heard the call and Mm. she's about like making it happen. Mm. She's actualizing her own potential and it's been a beautiful journey to watch. And then her friendship is so special to me because it's a place where I can go and just be myself and I don't have to put anything on and or I don't have to take anything off I can just Mm. come as is like every single time and it puts me back together Mm. that that I feel really it's funny my best friend I also met actually at freshman orientation for college (laughs) and I don't know that I, I think I've told this story probably on the podcast before but he walked up to me it was like a week before college started and we were at orientation and he walked up to me and he just seemed like so extra I love you. Who but is, he, that? is that? Matt, Matt? Yes. Matt, who I love, was so over the top. And people who knew him then know this about him. But he was just like really extra and like super loud and kind of annoying. And he walked up to me and he was like, you and I are going to be great friends. And in my <laughs> head, I thought to myself, I doubt it. I don't think, I don't think that's true. <laughs> but he was so right. And I, I think I really relate. So the humor thing for sure, because he is dark and I am dark. And we can say some things to each other that I think are really inappropriate if other people hear them. Like they're not funny to everyone. Um, but it's a safe space. And so I yeah. relate to what you said about Jessica Marina, because the being able to just come as you are um, – you know, like that's really important. I mean, Faith, we've spent an entire season talking about the value of just being who we are. Yes. And not, we can't change who we are. No. Right? Right. So when you hear, do you know Jessica and then Maggie's best friends as well? Have you met some of these folks before? Um. Yes, I have. And do you kind of understand why your sisters are friends with all of them? Um, I do with Jessica. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't know about your friends. <laughs> I don't know about them either. That's fair. That is a good point, Faith. Yeah, yeah that's a, it's a good. It only has to work for Maggie, so we don't have to, right. That's the beauty of best friendship. Okay, I'm ready to know what surprise questions Maggie and Marina might have for you. Okay, are you, are you ready? Yeah, I am. Okay, who do you want to hear from first? Um. Maggie. Okay. Maggie, what you got? All right, Faith. I would like to know, what was your favorite family vacation that we took when we were younger? Mm, Good good one. one. (laughs) Yeah, I like that one. Um, I have to say Wisconsin. Oh, why? Um, The reason why, because it was fun and being with our family and just having a good vacation with them, Mm -hmm. so... Can I ask a follow-up? I don't know anything about it, so can you describe for me, do you remember how old you were, or is it a place that you went to again and again? Um, I I really don't know how old I was. Were you little? Um, yes. Okay, so when you were little, and did you go once or more than once to Wisconsin? Was it 
More than once, do you think? I see some nodding heads. Okay, yes. so more than once. And then can you describe for me, like, was it a city? Was it a lake? Was it a forest? Like, what What was it? What did it look like outside? Um, yeah, it was like, I think it's called the White Lake. Oh, cool. So, yeah. Um, so it was like a, like a beach kind of thing. Nice. Um, we have cabins. Cute. So, yeah. Um, I usually like to stay in the cabin with my uncle, our, oh. our uncle. So, <laughs> yeah, we're not used to having your family with us. He's <laughs> our uncle. But so tell me, so that sounds like it, it wasn't just your immediate family. It was bigger than that. So yes. who, who got invited to this vacation? Um, it was us as siblings, um, our parents and, um, cousins, um, aunts and uncles, grandparents mm. so cool. um i do remember how both of our both of our grandparents came nice so cool on our dad's side we have a large extended family and i think in you, chicago in chicago All yeah right and i think you like the vacations where it's like a lot of people right yes yeah <laughs> yeah that that makes sense lots of people to talk to and hang mm -hmm. out with what kind of activities would you do there um I do remember they have a karaoke. Blast. Yeah. Total blast. <laughs> um, kind of silly because um, between our cousin and our brother Joe, they have a special nickname. Do, do you remember that? Oh, the show tunes of Jose and Pablo? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. That's not what I thought was going to come out of your mouth. <laughs> the show tunes of Jose and Pablo. And yeah. didn't they like tear it down to some in sync? Oh, no, it was like slow, painful love ballads. Okay, okay. <laughs> These two like grown, goofy little white dudes just <laughs> belting out some love ballads. <laughs> like some, Shan not Shania Twain, what's the other one? that Celine Dion or something oh, like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, like very sugary sweet. Yes. Good, good. Yes. So I remember that in my childhood. So. And would you do lake stuff too, like swimming or boating? Or yeah, um, like swimming. There's like a trampoline um, in the lake, I think. Whoa, cool. So, yeah. Wow. And just hanging out on the beach. So. Wow. What about you, Maggie? You remember, I mean, yeah, what are some of your favorite parts about that family vacation spot? I agree with Faith. I just like that it was, it's a big family. Like mm -hmm. we span it across, you know, three or four cabins. Mm. Um. And our aunts and uncles would like line their beach chairs at 8 a.m. every morning mm -hmm. to get the best spot. And oh then gosh, yes. they would just hang out while we swam around in the lake, like went to the trampoline out there. Um, we'd go fishing with like our grandpa or our uncle. Um, and then at night, it would be like the aloe bath. Um, yes. For all the sunburn. <laughs> and the, oh, <laughs> and the, the horse sunburns. fly bites. Oh my God, those hurt so bad. Yeah, that too. Um, And then super Midwestern of them, we would like break out the pinnacle cards and yes. play that for like, you know, the next 10 hours. <laughs> Whoa. A lot of Miller Lite was passed around all the, yeah. all the mm -hmm. aunts and uncles. Keeping it classy. Right? <laughs> it's right? the champagne of beers, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay, good. It's a new tagline. <laughs> um, Maggie, is that what you thought Faith was going to say about the favorite family vacation? I think so. That was, that was, those were good vacations. We went mm -hmm. like five or six years in a row nice. um, when we were younger. They were fun vacations. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, are you ready for Marina's ne- first uh, surprise question? Please, Marina. Let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you and I had been talking that next month is going to be your two-year anniversary working for the Wayfaring Band. Mm-hmm. One-year anniversary. Oh. Yeah, oh. one-year anniversary. I thought it was like band. the second year. It will be the beginning of your second year. Yes. Right. Because okay. you started last April. That's right. So one-year anniversary next month. Yes. Sorry, I was confused. That's okay. I didn't remember either. <laughs> um, so That's were... why I needed Andrea to help me. No problem. Um, so you were, you know, looking pretty excited when you were telling me about that. So my question is, has working for the Wayfaring Band changed your life? Hmm. Yes, it did. Um, I think for working here, it did change my life because in my experience, um, I, I used to have a job and, um, it was great and but I know something happened and I had to leave there Mm -hmm. Um, it was very hard at Mm -hmm. first Um, but when I had a had a job here it made me very happy Um, and I felt like I wanted to have another job Mm -hmm. Um, it's been like a long time about that mm-hmm. so yes yeah I felt r- really happy for having this job and I'm really glad I have friends I can wor- work with mm-hmm. so so just being someone on the outside looking at you and the different ways you live your life I think that there's certain things that you get from being with your friends certain things you get from being with your family being with providers Mm-hmm. But I think there's something special that you get from having a job mm. and being part of a professional team. And mm-hmm. I think it's really, from my perspective, given you like a way to like grow and become more of yourself. Mm. Yes, that's how I feel when I got this job. So um, thanks for that question, Marina. Yeah, mm-hmm. It's just like, it's really cool, Faith. You have meaningful work. And like, that's not something that everybody gets to have. Mm-hmm. Like, you get to do uh, some activism, you know, and mm-hmm. you're talking to people about the disability community, which you care about. And also it affects you personally because you have a disability. And I just think it's the coolest. <laughs> Thanks, Rainer. Let me ask you this, Faith, because I know there are some people who might listen to this podcast who are employers. So people who have a business and have the the power to hire people and some employers might worry and have an assumption or a stereotype that people with disabilities can't do work or can't have a job. Do you have any suggestions for those people about hiring people with disabilities? Do you think that people with disabilities should have jobs? Yes, I think so too. Okay. Because um, like every time when I go to the store, when I go shopping, mm-hmm. I always see like Michael or Danny or um, a different Danny. Right. Not Danny Beck. Uh-huh. Your other friend, Danny. Right. Um, and also Jenny as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, I do think people with a disability d- deserve to have a job. Okay. And what kind of things makes it easier, make it easier for you to have your job? What kind of help do you need? Um, 
because we all need help. We talk about that all the time. We yeah. all need help with our jobs too. Yeah. So what kind of help do you need when something is tough or when you don't understand something? Um, I think I need help for, you know, how you're always helpful about how we're doing questions. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's very helpful. Meaning like when I say, say things in different words. Yes. Okay. So that's very helpful. So sometimes people will ask you questions that could be confusing. Yes. And then it can be helpful if someone else breaks it down so that you understand. Yes. Okay. Yes. Well, and the reason I bring this up is that I guess I'm, (laughs) I'm one of those people like to your point about activism, Marina, like I have several friends who are employers and who have the capacity to, to hire And I'm kind of like, my message is very clear. I'm like, time's up. If you are still telling yourself the story that uh, people with disabilities can't work or that there is no meaningful work that they could be doing, then I'm like, "Um, wrong. I call you out. And and that's my message still. I'm like, no, I'm calling everybody out. Um, The time is now. The time for inclusion around employment is now. One of the biggest, most pressing, I mean, maybe the biggest, most pressing need among adults with intellectual and developmental disabilities is the need for employment. Uh, the other big need would be housing and like long-term, you know, inclusion. And, and we're talking about adults. We're doing a lot of good stuff, I think, in the world right now around, you know, we're ha- asking good questions about education for younger kids and activities and socialization. But when it comes to adults with disabilities, it's like we need jobs and we need housing right Mm -hmm. we also need friends of course we do but like most adults we make our friends at work Mm -hmm. right or we make our friends like in our communities where we live and where we shop um so what's funny is like i know a lot of day programs are trying to address this need of socialization but that can be a secondary need if we address the needs of employment and housing socialization will happen right if we include all of us in the fabric of society, then socialization actually takes care of itself. Like we build those relationships pretty naturally. So, I mean, if anyone, if employers are listening and, you know, want to learn more about this, there are a number of partners in the field who are working on this. There's folks over at our, our friends at the possibility pool. Um, there are a lot of other people who are working on employment. So feel free to reach out to podcast at the wayfaring Um, if you are an employer, we can help connect you, uh, or Google it. I mean, it's amazing. So a lot of these resources already exist. If you are an employer, um, we encourage all of us to kind of think about what part can we all take in solving this bigger societal issue? Um, it takes all of us to, to address these issues of inclusion. I think. I agree. I think it's really important. And just circling back to reflecting about what I think it's done for you. I think it's satisfied, a psychological and emotional need to have a job like and I think that a lot of people need that to fit into the fabric of society vocationally mm-hmm. that that's just an important part of becoming who we are so I love that you've gotten to benefit and then my question for you Andrea is yeah as an employer yes how has your organization benefited from employing someone with a disability oh what a good question <laughs> <laughs> um Well, I'll tell you first, when Kendall and I were talking about this before, you know, one of the things that we were really talking about and thinking about was that in order for us to actively practice what we preach, we had to meaningfully employ someone who experiences IDD, 
right? Like a disability me. like you. Yeah. And at the same time, one of the things that we've noticed when we're looking around at other people who were employing people with disabilities, and we didn't see a lot of people um, doing it in a way that we felt was as meaningful as we would want. So like we've seen a lot of people getting hired to volunteer. So not really hired, but coming in to be a volunteer. We've also seen, um, you know, certain tasks like shredding paper, um, mm -hmm. or something that's achievable and repeatable and, and listen by itself, there's nothing wrong with shredding paper. It can be a really satisfying task that I think a lot of us <laughs> enjoy. And some people may really love that. That may be their job. Um, and so I don't, there's nothing intrinsically wrong with shredding paper, but I think what we were looking for was what is a job that, for example, faith, what is a job that you can do that I can't do, right? That, that Kendall can't do. What is a job that you can do better than any of us can do? That was what we were looking to do in our organization. And at the same time, we realized that before we had you with us, faith, we didn't have all the answers to what that was. So we kind of went about it a little bit differently than some organizations maybe instead of creating the whole job and having all those answers and then hiring for that job, we decided to hire for a person. So basically mm -hmm. faith, we already knew you, right? <laughs> yeah. And we knew that you were creative, smart, and I guess the word would be hungry. Mm. <laughs> Why do you think that? Well, and what I mean by hungry, of course, is not food, right? I mean yeah, that I you and I've known you for several years, I think of you as somebody who has a lot of potential um, that you want more than um, that you were ready for more in your life. And I could sense that. I was like, okay, faith, faith is ready to like to work. Faith is ready to engage. Faith is ready to learn. Um, and so I basically, when we decided to create that position, we were like, we think that faith is the right person to join our team in terms of our culture. And then we thought it's okay. And this was a leap to be totally frank. I mean, we were nervous. We were like, this is a leap because we don't know, like, will we always know what to give you faith? Like we didn't know if we would always have work or if we would always, if we would always have a plan before you got here. But I will also say Marina, you know, it's still a learning you know, after a year, cause you're right. It's like coming up this week. That has been a year since you've been with us and it's still every day. It's still a learning, a learning curve for all of us, I think. Um, but one of the things that has been the result of that is it's helped us make incremental changes instead of having to be like, okay, let's wait till we have all the answers before we do it. It's helped us just be more human about it. I think of being like, oh, okay, we're, um, like, so for example, because I'm so comfortable flying by, you know, from the shooting from the hip. Right. And I'm really comfortable just making things up in the moment. But one of the things I've learned working with you, Faith, is that preparation is not just helpful for you, but helpful for a lot of other people. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's helped me get better at preparing because it's something that I know you need. And as your boss, it's my responsibility to make sure that you are in a successful work environment. Right. So it's it's changed how my leadership as well. Um, and that's been, I think, good. It's helped me just to recognize that accessibility and inclusion are our responsibility as an organization, not your responsibility, Faith, to become someone you're not. Um, but we're still learning every day. I mean, there are days when I think, Faith, you'll come to work and we don't really have a plan in place. And then we kind of have to wing it 
and always going back to this question of like, what does meaningful work mean? Mm. You know, and are there days where it's, it is going to be shredding paper? Not like we, I mean, we don't really <laughs> shred a lot of paper. I don't think we've ever asked you to shred paper, <laughs> but meaning just something like that, that it's like, it's okay. Sometimes also like, that's what work is. Like I've done that. I've had to shred paper. I've had jobs where it's like, it's not always like deeply gratifying work. There are days when it's a job mm-hmm. and there, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but that I guess we just don't want to get stuck there. Right. Yeah. I appreciate you guys pushing the envelope. Thank you. I mean, <laughs> and we're learning, we're learning too from our other peers in the field. Right. I mean, I think that that's, and we're learning from you faith. Like, you know, sometimes I think like it just, it becomes a community conversation and it is messy. Like I'm not going to pretend it's not messy. Um, but I also don't want to shy away from that. I'm like, yeah, okay. It's all right. Change is messy. It should be messy. We're trying to do something. We're trying, we're talking about changing culture. Um, Nobody knows how to do that. I think we have some best practices, but it's not a perfect process. There's no roadmap. No. Thanks for that question. Excellent. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I I think my job is really meaningful, too, um, because when you asked me to have a job, it really got me really happy, and I have to say this job is like my dream job. we're pretty lucky though right (laughs) yeah we're lucky yeah awesome well uh, hopefully that's an example to other employers and employees out there and don't be afraid to prioritize culture and Mm -hmm. uh and people i think if we if we put the people in the front then a lot of the other stuff follows that's been our experience so um well let's take a quick break and then we'll come back and dig into more stuff (laughs) sound good all right all right stick with us thank you Wayfaring Band is not a rock and roll band, are we, Faith? Mm-mm. So what type of band are we? We are a band of travelers. Travelers, right. So the Wayfaring Band takes original, transformative adventures that include adults with and without cognitive and developmental disabilities. But anybody can come on a trip with us, right, Faith? Yes. Like who? Everybody. Like everybody. Yes. Well, as long as they're a grown-up. Yes. They have to be a grown-up because we work with adults. Well, an adult... Everybody. An adult everybody. So if you're an adult everybody, you're welcome to join the Wayfaring Band on tour. If you're a caregiver, a student, a teacher, a professional, an activist, an interested adult everybody community member, all of you are welcome to join the Wayfaring Band on tour and experience our culture of inclusion firsthand. Be a part of it. How can they learn more, Faith? Learn more at www.thewayfaringband.com. All right. Welcome back. And thank you so much for sticking with us through the break. We are here, myself and Faith Fadreen, of course, and her two fabulous and amazing sisters, Maggie and Marina, are here in the studio with us today. So we've been having a great conversation. I want to shift a little now from our typical format. I know usually we kind of keep going with the back and forth, right? If you're going to, you would ask another question and they would have more surprise questions. Mm hmm. But I have to kind of dig in here because (laughs) I have some questions that I want to just talk a little bit about what makes your family the same and different as other families, right? So one of the things that has come up in previous episodes is that you're not only just sisters, the three of you, but that there's also a caregiver dynamic here, right? That, That Maggie and Marina, you both also get paid to provide some 
services for faith and faith you kind of like to some degree rely on your sisters to help you with very real things in terms of being able to live your life as an adult is that true yes so what kind of things faith do maggie and marina just as a refresher because i know we've discussed this in previous episodes but as a refresher what types of things do maggie and marina help you with um so they've been very helpful about cooking um probably like going clothes shopping if i need some clothes got it um Um, how about like at the beginning when you started using Lyft and started doing ride sharing? I mean, were they involved in the process of helping you learn that? Getting things set up on your phone, maybe different apps. Um, yeah, they helped me to get different apps on my phone okay. sometimes. Yeah. And managing just sort of like social media or some of those things. Yes. Okay. Um, what about your schedule? Helping out with scheduling? Making dates with Connor. <laughs> yeah, they're also helpful with that, too, about okay. who's going to take us to our dates. Okay. So. Um, great. So that's a good, that's some of the stuff that we've heard about so far. And then are there certain things that you also need to run by them? Like when you're going to make an adult decision, you know, some of those decisions you make on your own, but some you have to run by your family. Yes. Okay. So what's the line? Like, can you give me an example of the kind of decision you might you might ask Maggie and Marina for help on? Um, like, when are you supposed to call them and check in about one of your decisions? What do you mean? You need some examples? Yeah. So if you wanted to meet up with me and we were going to have lunch, mm-hmm. would you need to tell Maggie and Marina or no? I don't think so. Okay. How about if you were going to go have an overnight like let's say you were going to go with a friend and that friend wanted you to go on a on a weekend trip up to Breckenridge and you were going to spend the night away from your apartment do you think you would need to ask Maggie or talk to Maggie and Marina about it about that um well yeah I just for them to help me to yes I I do need some help about how um, they're going to help me to drive me home or something. Okay. So, Or even if, um, I guess what I... Or well, when, when it's dark outside, they'll help me to be safe. Okay. And to not um, go out when it's dark. So, for example, like if you were going to hang out with someone during the day, it might be okay to just do it. But if you were going to be out after dark, you might want to communicate. Does that um, feel true? Like if it's going to be after dark, that it, they might help you stay safe. Yes. Or make decisions about staying safe. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's okay that it's not a clear answer because it's not always clear, right? Sometimes, sometimes we don't always know, but I think I want to hear from them a little bit more. Does that work? Yeah, that's That gives fine. me an idea though, as a starting place. Yeah. Well, I would like for them to make some examples. Okay. So. Yeah, so one of the things that some folks who are listening may really relate to this because they might also be in a similar position and others might have never really considered that sibling dynamics as adults could look like this. So what is the dynamic of your relationship with Faith that's different from just being sisters? Like what is this, what are the mechanics of also being a caregiver? What does that mean? 
Yeah, so the there so the fundamental difference in that you're not just my sister faith is that at some level I feel responsible for your safety. Hmm. Like um and so I want to know things that I wouldn't want to know about Maggie. Like if Maggie gets home at 2 a.m., might be a good story, but I don't need to know about it necessarily. <laughs> but if you get home at 2 a.m., I really want to know you made it home safe. Hmm. So that's one fundamental difference. Okay. Yeah. Maggie, do you have anything to add to that? Um, I completely agree. I think there's also like the maternal instinct, fear, emotion connected with it too that is different. Not particular to the caregiving, but also particular to um, faith having Down syndrome and some of the things that sometimes make you more vulnerable mm-hmm. to um, just other people or stimuli and whatever. So I think, like Marina said, like knowing where you are is really important to me and knowing that you're with people that I trust and are safe. Um. And it's not like a power thing of like, I want to dictate if you can go anywhere. It's like, hey, I'm going to go grab lunch with Andrea or Connor or whoever you want to. I just want to know because then part of it is like so I can calm like my anxiety over um, wanting to keep you safe. And also just knowing that you're like making your own safe decisions as well. Mm-hmm. And I just so we understand a little bit more, too, of just sort of how this all fits together, real brass tacks style. So is this coming? Because I hear definitely both in both of your responses, I hear that real basis of love, right? That you care about Faith and her safety, that you want to make sure she's safe and protected. Um, is that the only thing driving all of these relationships? Or, of course, it is the primary thing driving it. But I mean... Is there also a formal part of the caregiving relationship? Meaning, do you get paid? Um, do you have a responsibility like as a job as well as part of this relationship? Yeah, I'm employed as her um, personal care provider. Um, so there is like, I do have to make sure that, you know, we go over fire drills twice yeah. a year that other sibling relationships would never think about Mm -hmm. um I have to make sure that you know we're checking uh what else do I have to do (laughs) um let me clarify too I'm not bringing this up because I'm like yeah but isn't it your job I'm bringing it up because I think (laughs) there are a lot of people who have no idea that this is a job yeah and Mm -hmm. it's a job for so many family members so many family members of people and adults with disabilities are also employed. Mm-hmm. And it's a really weird, tricky thing, dynamic-wise, right? That it's like, but it's it's good, I guess. So the alternative is, if to me, I'm like, if somebody has to have this job, I think it's wonderful that it's a family member because you also have this love driving you compared to a total stranger, maybe working faith as one of your care providers who you have to build all that trust from scratch. Um, Like when you and I first met, we had to build trust, Mm -hmm. right? We had to get to know each other. The advantage to having one of your providers be a sister or more than one of your providers be a sister is that that love and that trust is your starting point. 
it's already there. Um, but in our field, that's kind of a, a thing, right? A lot of people, this is part of their story where a parent or a sibling is also employed to um, kind of formalize this relationship of helping you with your independent living skills, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I actually think that I just want to say that out loud because I think a lot of people, it's so normal for your family because yeah. it's been your story forever. Yep. But a lot of people are like, wait, what? Yeah. So yeah, can you tell us a little bit about like what that looks like just so that other people are like, oh, okay, I get it. Yeah, so Faith is eligible for services and for providers who provide services. Exactly. <laughs> um, through um, funding. Okay. And so then Maggie and I help her with independent living skills. And um, so there's a whole pool of people they can pull from. So Maggie and I are both really busy right now. And so um, we're kind of looking at a next chapter of Maggie and I have been providing a lot of cooking assistance. Mm-hmm. And actually, Faith, for the last two weeks, you fended really well by yourself, just cooking for yourself. Hey, you know, she, way to go. Yeah, <laughs> last week she had the flu and the week before we couldn't get together. So, um, but we're kind of looking at, so um, we could pull someone else who isn't Maggie or I into provide um, cooking assistance. So is it true that the advantage, I suppose, so, and yeah, you talk about funding. So funding is available at the state and county and federal levels. There's different kinds of funding depending on what waiver you're on. And that is a different podcast. We're going to just sort of big picture say (laughs) that faith because of um, having a disability that Mm -hmm. you are eligible for certain types of funding and you can use that money to receive services, right? And so you have the option to hire from providers that are just out there in the world or to then employ family to provide some of these services. Now, the advantage, obviously, is like if if you were already doing some of these things for each other, like, first of all, why not um, keep it in the family, right? I think where you do have that trust and you have those relationships, but then maybe there is another chapter where it's like, and also let's, let's bring in some outsiders. Right. And uh, like you said, the two of you are very busy and like can pursue other things and maybe keep your relationship as sisters separate from work. I mean, I can see benefits and challenges to both sides. Absolutely. Um, Mm -hmm. So kind of, I guess, too, so it sounds like some cooking, some clothes shopping, transportation, maybe just logistical. Is that fair? Like yeah. calendar management? Yeah. Um, does that, are there, are, were there any other things that are part of your, a big part of the job or the relationship that we didn't cover with Faith? Like aspects of wellness. Um, uh-huh. I know. Personal care. and like, uh, Yeah, I do a lot just to like introduce ideas to Faith and see if she'll roll with them. Um, I think it's really important for Faith to have good physical and like pro-social and spiritual health. And so we talk a lot about different classes that you can be involved in. And, um, you know, a lot of talks about living independently and being adult means that we exercise and we cook at home. Um, You know, and we go and check in with our family every once in a while. Um, I do and, a lot of encouraging for hydration, yeah. <laughs> flossing. Yeah, going I mean, to the doctor. Sometimes you know? we forget how many elements uh, do go in aspects of wellness. Right? I mean, we're mm-hmm. talking about physical wellness, emotional wellness, mental, spiritual. I mean, there are so many things that 
it means when we talk about being an adult, I mean, we're talking about managing quite a bit of information and I don't know anybody who does that alone. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. human beings are not solo creatures. We're social. For sure. And, um, you know, I can think of people in my life who serve that same purpose and they're not getting paid. <laughs> right. And, you know, kind of like you said, Marina, about like Maggie, you might get home at 2 a.m. And you may still have an opinion about that, Marina, like yeah. depending on how Maggie's doing in her life, that may still scare you to death hmm. or, you know, oh, look, <laughs> meaningful <laughs> eye contact, you know. But at the same time, um, these lines can get blurry. Yeah. You know, I'm curious, like. And also there's an age gap, you know, like all of you as adults, you're spanning a decade mm-hmm. uh, in terms of your own adult development. Um I'd love to know a little bit about some of the challenges that have come up for you as adults in this phase of your life mm-hmm. around these lines. Yeah. Like, is it difficult for you to, to figure out when to be sister and when to be provider or a caregiver or caregiver? Um, it's a great question, Andrea. Um, I don't I don't know that in my mind I take the time to distinguish them. They have become really collapsed, I think. Mm-hmm. Um the thing I can really speak to is that there was a lot of caregiving happening when Faith moved out on her own. Mm-hmm. And, and how long ago was that? You remember? I do not remember. I wish <laughs> I did. A couple years, a couple months, three Say years that. ago. Okay, so several years. Yeah. So at the beginning of that process, there was a lot more involvement. Right. Okay. It, it was wonderful. Like we did a lot of work on like getting her set up, talking about how she needs to, you know, where's the grocery store? How do you get what you need? And getting her adjusted. And it's been this cool process where like there have been points where I'm like, Oh, actually she's really got that. And I can take Mm. my hands off that. And you've really come a long way with independent living skills, like a long way. Mm -hmm. Like I consider you very independent. Um, and it's still a process of learning for me about what's helpful and what's not, because there are things that I even realize now that like, Oh, it's no longer, you're, you've become so good at this. It's no longer helpful for me to try to have my hands around that because you got it. So then Mm. I get to think, all right, I can let go of that. What else could I focus on that could be actually helpful? Mm. It reminds me of the job coach conversation, Faith, where we're talking about at the beginning, we need help when we need the help. But then there's a point where maybe that help starts to back away once you've got it yourself. And that's why I hear Marina saying, helping a lot at the beginning until realizing that those skills are in place. And then, her energy could be better spent in a new area where you need help mm-hmm. instead of that old area where you've got it now. Yeah, I I really like how people is very understanding. Okay. So. And how do you know when someone is very understanding? Well, like what Marina was saying, like, um, I think she's learning that for herself. Learning what? Um how you've been very helpful and how you've been taking good care of me a lot and how you're trying to help yourself to not go overboard. Yeah. (laughs) Nicely said. (laughs) Let me ask you this, Faith, from your perspective, and let's, we're, we're just going to say it, it maybe it goes without saying, but I'm going to say it anyway, that 
we probably won't always agree about this stuff, right? Just like in every family, we don't always agree about stuff. But from your perspective, Faith, what does it look like if Maggie or Marina goes overboard? When do you feel that feeling of like, I don't need any more help? You're going overboard. Um, I usually just talk to them and just be honest with them and just telling them like, I don't need help. So can you give me an example of what kind of stuff they've tried to help you with that you were like, I don't need that anymore. I've got it. Um, yes. Um, but today was very helpful because, um, like Marina and I were going to cook. And so I went to the store by myself. Okay. And so I, so I did that and I did ask questions to Marina Mm -hmm. About was, like what to buy and stuff like that. Well, no, like, like today I was really confused, like where the zucchini was. Okay. So, um, so you asked her where to find it. I I just called her and just tell me like I didn't know which one. Okay. The zucchini was. But you were so. at the store by yourself when it happened. Yes. So that's interesting. So there was a time, I imagine, when you used to go to the store with help, right? Did Ma- did Marina used to go to the store with you, but now she doesn't? Well, s- sometimes. Okay. Um, But, you know, it's always fun to go with somebody. Yeah. Well, I we think... Both. Go ahead. Um, There was a time where I shopped with you a lot, and then Maggie took over. Maggie and I have, like, gone in waves of, like who's providing and I think we will aid yeah yeah (laughs) right I think we work well together um and so Maggie had taken over and I had stepped back and then when I stepped back in to help Maggie was like Faith's doing a really good job shopping on her own and I sort of was like didn't listen so then I tried to go I was like Faith we're gonna go to the store together and did a really good job of being like no I I shop by myself and I'm good (laughs) and I was like oh all right so you shop by yourself cool well, yeah, I I do go shopping by myself, but there's some. Um, I was just really confused with the zucchini, so. and that's, that's fine. why I was calling Marina. So. But that's great because you have the tools. Now I want to ask another question though of your sisters, uh-huh. which is, you know, because I can imagine there might be times, Faith, when you think you don't need help, but where. Maggie and Maria, you might disagree and be like, I hear you that you don't want help, but I'm not ready to make that. I'm not ready to stop being involved. Are there times when you have had to go in the other direction where faith has asked for space and you've had to say, I'm not comfortable with that yet. Yes. I see some nodding heads. (laughs) Absolutely. I think, um, faith, my work with you mirrors a lot. I'm a social worker with people um, who are homeless in housing and um, a lot experience mental health and IDD and substance use. And one of like the pillars of social work is respecting clients' self-determination, so their ability to make decisions in your own life. Um, and me, myself, I try to like always think about that with you, Faith, that at the end of the day, I want to respect your self-determination and there's some blurriness with being your sister and being your family because at the end of the day, I want to respect that. And I, I want you to live a great life and I want to help teach you like here are some ways that 
you can be everyone can be really like healthy healthy and happy (laughs) um and I think that gets tricky because um I constantly have to think and reflect on am I pushing this boundary because it's something not pushing this boundary am I pushing faith on this because it's something that I really think is important for her or am I pushing this because I want control? Am I pushing this because I think it's really good for her and she's not maybe understanding why this thing is good? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a lot. There's a lot of self-reflection on um, like how my work as your care provider and how my role as a sister gets really muddled. Um yeah, there's a lot. I relate to that though too, because I mean, I'm not your sister, Faith. Um, <laughs> I know we, that. I've, I'm glad you know that. Um, but I, you know, I really relate to the question that you just brought up about about judgment and control, basically. Like, to how much, to what degree am I pushing a certain issue because, like, I really believe based on my perspective that it's the right thing to do, or to what degree am I trying to win? Like, yeah. when we're on the road with the Wayfaring Band you know, we just got back from a trip mm-hmm. and we typically travel in a group of 16 people at a time. And that's a combination of staff, uh, travelers who experience disabilities, uh, leadership fellows who are there, you know, learning and participating in a curriculum and then an artist in residence. But in total, that's 16 people. And sometimes, you know, I'll be trying to push through something and I'll kind of catch myself and I'm, and I'll realize I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm just basically trying to push the plan, mm-hmm. but the plan needs to change, mm-hmm. you know? And I'll realize that I feel like I'm just kind of being really like having that tunnel vision of just like, no, this is what we thought we were going to do. And <laughs> so we're going to move heaven and earth until it happens. Um, but it's hard because, you know, I think, and sometimes I feel like it's unfair because I feel like I'm held you know, to this higher standard because like, oh, we're in the field, meaning I'm supposed to know this stuff. I'm supposed to reflect on this. I'm supposed to know the limits of everybody who I work with. And I don't. And also I'm a person. So like, you know, Faith, like when you're tired, like I'm also tired. Or if, if somebody in my care is hungry, I might also be hungry. Or I might have also gotten in a fight with someone in my life and that impacts my judgment. And and it's, you know, and it can be really tough sometimes like for me to know. Like I never know is I guess the point. It's not always clear if I am making the right decision yeah how do we ever know right and that hindsight is beautiful beautiful thing beautiful thing and <laughs> I think to your point of like um we all come into every interaction with our own life experiences our own traumas mm-hmm. our own triggers um and that's very very true for my work with you like because we are sisters that adds in like another layer that you have to think about like that every thing that I'm deciding or everything that I'm asking of you is coming with a whole lifetime of feeling very protective of you and just like wanting the world to be great and safe for you. And there's so many times that the world and people have not been. Right. And so I'm just like, well, God, like I, I'm trying to be protective, but I also understand that that's not reality. That's not the world. Like I want you to go out and experience it and I will be here to make sure that I can help you if things don't go well um, and also teach you and give you the skills to make sure that you're problem solving like you do at the grocery store or that 
you know, you're looking both ways when you cross the street, you know, simple ways to protect yourself. But I think it gets hard, especially as a sister, because we've been through so much as a family. Um, And a lot of our trauma is very, very real. And no other care provider, no one else outside the family truly knows Mm -hmm. like what it's like to fear for faith and want her to be safe, but also want her to lead this independent, fulfilled life. Yeah. When a lot of these things, like you're saying, are not theoretical, when you as a family, that's right, have experienced the pain and the fear of, of life happening, right? Of like, that this isn't just like, but what if it's like, oh no, actually at this point, I mean, Faith, you're 31. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, at this point you have lived a life, right? Things have happened good things, bad things, and everything in between. And so it's not like being five and being like, but one day when you're older, blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, like life, life is happening all the time. And so, you know, Maggie, for you, when you're talking about this balance, I'm like, right. Cause it's, again, it's not just a, what if it's like, remember when, mm-hmm. remember when this thing happened. And if I don't want that to happen again, but also faith, like, I don't know. I'm like, when I think about the best version of of your life, I'm like, gosh, keeping you safe by keeping you locked up in a room <laughs> would not really be the life I would imagine no. for you. Right. And so how, and then also Maggie, I'm just like, okay, you're 24. Do you feel, I'm just thinking about a lot of other 24 year olds I know. And what I'm hearing you talk about, I'm like, that's a lot of responsibility. That's a lot that's a lot for you to hold at 24. Yeah. Does that feel like a lot to you ever? Yeah. But I think we have like the most wonderful family in the world. Like I I could go on about Marina and Faith and Joe and our parents are just like the most wonderful, most wonderful, most wonderful people. And they have taught us so much about compassion and understanding and self-reflection and I mean, I grew up very different than all of my peers, and I've always, I think, been a little bit much, much more mature. Um, and I think at this point in my life, I'm like learning a lot about like I don't want to be. I want to be Faith's sister. Like I want to go back to be Faith's sister. I don't want to be mm. her caretaker. I will always have like that nurturing, um kind of maternal sense for you but that's also I have that for my friends I have that for everyone else in my life Mm -hmm. okay Um, yeah it's not just with faith that you feel this desire to protect yeah that that's part of you that is that is intrinsically me um and it is yeah it's a lot for anyone to hold I think Brina would agree that um having a sister with a disability and then also having the life experiences that we have gone through either personally or within our family system have just, it's been a lot (laughs) at times. Um, And it has helped us grow closer. It has made us stronger, more resilient people. Um, It has made us funnier. I think. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But I, I truly think like I'm at this point in my life where I'm like, okay, I need to let go of some of this, like, fear and control that I have with faith because I want you to be safe and I want you to be um independent like that that balance of safety independence um and kind of bring some more people into your care circle yep. so that I can go back to being your sister and we can go 
hang out at the movies and go get our nails done or whatever. And it's not constantly a beer. Girl, we can always get a beer. (laughs) Um, But I'm not in that mode where I'm like, oh, I know that, you know, Faith hasn't had a dentist appointment in six months, so it's time to get her in for that. And, oh, yeah, I forgot to pick up that prescription for her. I need to go and do that. And, oh, my God, Faith hasn't had a date with Connor for two weeks. Why haven't I done that yet? And there's, like, there's some total, like, quote, unquote, mom guilt, but with your sister. Yeah. (laughs) Of just, like, you know, I feel some responsibility for you to have it all together and for all to look a certain way. But that's that's on me. Like, that's my perspective. Like, I need to throw that out of the window because – you seem really happy, Faith. Is that right? <laughs> I think things are going pretty well. Yes, I yeah, think so, so too. Yeah, that's a lot of my own stuff that I need to kind of let go of. Maggie, you're the coolest. <laughs> you're the coolest. Yeah, Marina, what does all that make you think of? Um, you know, I think I relate a lot to, um, you know, like when you're talking about safety and control. Like, I a lot of times my experience and where I have to reflect is like, like faith, sometimes you're really like vulnerable or I feel like you're vulnerable. And sometimes what that does to me is that I, then I feel vulnerable and I feel helpless to like really insulate you from Mm. things that could go really wrong. But I have to like, I have to like allow for that life can happen and things are okay. And that this like, perspective that you're vulnerable I don't think it empowers you and it's just a place where I'm in a growth spurt Mm. that this idea that for you thinking of faith as being vulnerable doesn't that that idea doesn't empower her yeah okay or our relationship Mm. or me Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and I would add it's but unfortunately, we have to think about that. It's That's yeah. right. You know, like in providers, absolutely, you all have to think about that too. But at the end of the day, like you have a different life. You have family and friends outside of your work. Faith is our family. Like There's that's no the separation. strongest yeah, sense of protection I think most people would ever have. Yeah. Um, you don't clock out. No, 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 I don't get a, we don't get a walk away. So I think you bring a, up a good point that seeing her only as vulnerable is not helpful right like if we're always overbearing and worried about you yeah that's got to be so annoying super annoying and there's a reality that like there's crap that will continue to happen in this world that makes people whether you have a disability whether you're a person of color whether you are poor or homeless like you will continue to be more vulnerable than others because of identities that you bring Mm -hmm. um and it's I don't, it's that tricky balance that it we've is. been talking about the entire time of it like, is. I want you to be protected and safe and I want you to continue to make your own choices in your life. And yep. Yeah. I mean, what you're, yes. And I'm, as you're talking, I'm just sitting here thinking, you know, my gosh, you have as a family been exposed to a lot of these ideas you have some deep level knowledge around structural inequity and some of the the populations that are more uh, affected by some of these inconsistencies in our culture and in our society and i'm and and even still even with you know the social work background and the and the you know and both of your parents are also in in the field of social services right so even with all of that deep level experience as a family it doesn't equip you to be perfect. No. No. Right? 
isn't that awful? <laughs> like, doesn't that suck? It does suck, <laughs> right? But and it's and it's a reminder that I'm like, oh, that's right. <laughs> Education doesn't make us perfect. Experience doesn't make us perfect. Yeah. Like, putting ourselves with a community of like-minded people doesn't make us perfect. Like, nothing can create this fill safe environment where it's like okay well we've got it all going it's like we still have to get out there and live it yeah i you know i've talked to a lot of siblings um in our field in our world and i think a lot can relate to one of the things that keeps coming up as you all are talking is i'm like you're talking like parents hmm. you know i'm picking the parent picking thinking of the parents who are going to be listening to this and i'm thinking that there are a lot of times when they're going to be feeling like yeah that's how i feel too um and I guess, you know, I know your parents are extremely involved people that you're not basically filling a need that they're not filling, that they're also feeling like you're feeling. Is that accurate? Do you feel like, like, how does that, how does that dynamic work? Cause I, I know your parents are very involved, but some of the people listening to this might be wondering like, well, why are they doing that? Shouldn't the mom and dad be doing that? Um, so can you speak a little bit to how that gets broken out in your family or are you taking over a role that used to be more fulfilled by your parents yeah I think I think there's been like a nice organic thing like our parents have pulled back a little by little and Maggie and I have sort of naturally stepped in okay and um, I would say Maggie and I are primary for just you know looking out and when you say naturally, <laughs> meaning that like, well, meaning that this is also that you're, you're like you said about Jessica at the very beginning, but that you're answering a call. Yeah. It sounds like. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. All right. So that there's a willingness there that you're stepping in. I mean, Maggie, you talked about having that protective energy, that maternal energy around it too, that like, that you both have the interest as well as there is a need. Is that well, fair? Absolutely. Okay. And I think... In a different vein, like our parents are also very conscious that Rain and I are both really caring and like very devoted sisters. Mm -hmm. And they also have in mind like we are our own people and they're very protective of us as well. And being like, if you don't want to do any of this, you do not have to. Like yeah. there are providers out there that will do what you're doing. So they're very protective of us. Yeah. Um and appreciate like kind of this this natural stepping up of responsibilities. Yeah, I love that. I think that there's this sense of, in our family, this unspoken, let's just, like, do what works for everybody. Mm -hmm. And, like, we don't always execute it well, but, like, I think there's a general sense of, like, can we get everybody's needs met? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we really, I think, rely on each other um, and know each other's limits. Like, yep, there's a reality. Our parents are getting older, and yeah. there's going to be one day that they really can't, like be as involved um and i think we're all i'm certainly thinking about that but preparing for the next phase yeah and they talk very openly about that um so i think like right now we tr i think we try our best to kind of all share a little bit of the responsibility yeah um and it comes yeah it comes pretty naturally to our family yeah it's an interesting thing because it normally the way that i feel about you faith and the things that I do like I would only do that for like if I had a child you know and I would be compelled to do that if I had a child for that mm -hmm. child but I don't think that I don't know it's easy to like have your own life and you get busy with your own life and then I have to like stop and be like wait 
there's someone else I also need to like consider mm. and make sure that she's cool. And I think I just wonder for other siblings, like what's their experience? Like, is it hard for them to break out of their own set of responsibilities and needs to make time for if they have a sibling with special needs? Like that you wonder if that if your experience is reflected in theirs. Yeah. You're saying you're wondering if that is something that they go through as well. Yeah. Is mm-hmm. it like is it hard for them? Is it easy for them? Like it's not always easy. Mm-mm. Yeah, it doesn't some, sound like, always easy. Yeah. There's some like guilt there sometimes. Like, God, have I done enough or like I'm doing too much? Like, yeah, it's just constant questioning and not knowing yeah. the right path. I mean, just to get super real, do you feel free to leave Denver? No. Yes. Mm. <laughs> Is that new? Yeah. Maggie's looking at me meanly. <laughs> I'll kill you if you leave. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me ask you this then, because this is a way to frame it that might that might be interesting. I'm wondering if each of you, because I know we're running short on time, but if each of you maybe could paint a picture of what could things look like in terms of your dynamic with each other, all of you, in five years. So in five years, Faith, you'll be 36. Okay. <laughs> maybe. Well, I hope in five years. Yeah. If all, if all goes according to plan, <laughs> yeah. you're right. 31 plus five will be 36. All right. Um, and then Maggie will be 29 and Marina will be 39, which <laughs> incidentally is my age. Um, are we the same age? We are, No, I, I'm five years older than you. Oh, okay. I'm 39. So now. in five years, you'll be 39. Okay. Yes. So my question is, what what is your wish? What is your greatest wish for how your relationship could look in five years? Like, to what degree will you be, what will your involvement in each other's lives look like in five years? Yeah, I love that. Um, So um, I want to just say, so this podcast has been a really cool learning experience for me personally as your sister, Faith. And um, something I feel like I've learned through this podcast is that um, I have a responsibility to relate to you as an adult at like a new level that I like I haven't been relating to you as an adult at the level at which Mm. I want to Mm. and it's like honestly Andrea through interacting with you through interacting with this podcast through conversations we've had I've been like oh there's room for growth there and that's really cool Mm. and I appreciate your stand in the world which is I think you are encouraging people adults with disabilities to be treated as adults like as a as a matter of your activism and so when I think about you know you being 36 in five years like what I see is really like you having an adult life and um and me also being able to have like a good amount of like flexibility and independence Mm -hmm. and um you know us being able to enjoy things that really like feed our relationship so I think you and I travel really well together. So I would love, you know, in five years to see us traveling and I would love to see you have a good support system around you. Like that I know that your needs are met and you're getting the help that you need, but it's not necessarily me providing all of the help. Um, Mm -hmm. I know you have some wishes to get married. (laughs) Yes. So I'd love to see you married by then. And just living your living a really beautiful adult life that feels like a, the life you want. Yeah. 
So I heard some independence in both of your lives, right? Some freedom to just make your own choices as adults to continue to spend quality time together, maybe on the road traveling. Um, but to be able to be, I mean, that, that to me is a painting, a picture of like real choice for both of you. Yeah. Right. Freedom, yeah. freedom to both of you to thrive uh, and yeah. share that with each other. Does yeah. that feel true? Yep. Instead of like obligation, which I don't know that I feel obligated, but I do have quite a bit of obligations. Yeah. Yeah. Right now that that you're, and it's interesting hearing about like independence goes both ways that like for the, you know, that, that you're also not free. Yeah. You're also not able to be independent and make independent choices. Yeah. Um, as long as those structures, as long as you're the one responsible for making sure faith has those structures, you also don't have them for yourself. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, like you said, which is common in a parent role, but not always, you know, for siblings of adults with disabilities. And when you do start taking very appropriately over that responsibility, because this is life, we do get older and we do have to, it's like, that's the reality. Right. But it also kind of bind, binds us to each other. What about you, Maggie? What do you see in five years? I could not put it more beautifully than Marina. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think I would echo like that, that sense that faith has um, providers that ideally stick around and you all have built a trusting relationship. Faith feels that she um, can tell her providers when she needs more of something and less of something else. Um, and just like mirroring that we have, we maybe have like an activity that we love to do together. Like yeah. we always go, apparently you want to grab some beers together. We can do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. But yeah, that, that we're spending quality yes. family time together and that we're feeding our relationships um, and continuing to like come back as a family all together, whether you decide to leave us or not, Marina. Mm-hmm. No guilt, no pressure. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And like a lot of families, right? Living in different places and staying connected in different ways. Um, Faith, what about you? Where do you see yourself in five years? Um, so like keep working here, of course. Um, and for the podcast going further in the future mm-hmm. um also being married to connor so yeah and what about your sisters how do you see yourself being connected with them um well for my sisters um i feel really i feel really grateful for them mm-hmm. and i'm really glad they're telling me how they've been taking good care of me mm-hmm. and I appreciate it very much. And in the future, do you think that will continue? Um, yes, and to have more um, connection with that. Nice. So. With beers and travel. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like doing fun. Yeah. Having more fun activities, just side by side kind of stuff. Yes. Yeah. Thank you, three of you, all of you, f- so much for your candor and your willingness to just share your personal experiences with what we hope is a large audience. We, you know, like whoever's listening right now, I think a lot of people can relate to that tension of want, you know, just wanting the people we love to stay safe. Yeah. But then not everyone has that experience of feeling like it's our personal job to keep them that, to keep them safe like that. And it is a different thing. Um, 
So thank you for your willingness just to share a little bit about that experience. And Faith, thank you so much for inviting uh, and being open to enjoying this and sharing this podcast space with your sisters so that we could learn a little bit more about what it's like, uh, what it's like for you at home and, and then here at work. Yes. Well, it, it was fun having my sisters here. So. I think it was the perfect way for us to close out our season. Yes, too. Yes. I feel like, you know, we've kind of come full circle and at the very, very beginning in episode one, we heard a little bit about like some of the tension that can come up sometimes between people who love us also wanting to help us with our decision making and not always feeling like it's fair and da 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 da. But I think this has helped us see a little bit behind the curtain, right? About what it's like to really love someone and how it's hard, not just for you, Faith, sometimes, but for Maggie and Marina. And yes, know, right? How it, it's a two way street. Yes. Um, well, and I usually do mutual aid with my family sometimes. Yeah. Especially with my sisters. So. Yeah. You help them out and they help you out? Yes. It's one of our favorite phrases. I'm sure everyone <laughs> can understand that. Yeah. Um, well, awesome. I think we're ready to wrap up. Any final words from anyone? Just appreciate you, Andrea, and your work. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Truly, thanks for being here, both of you. We really appreciate it. Um, Faith, congratulations on an incredible season. <laughs> To our listeners, we are going to take a few uh, break for for a few weeks and uh, just do some reflection of our own and prep for another season of Everybody in the Podcast. But thanks again for sharing this journey with us. It's been a ride, right, yes. guys? The, and yes, thank you for listening. I it's been really fun with all of you guys. Yeah, so, rock on, rock <laughs> on. All right, thanks so much again for tuning in. Ta ta for now. Peace out. <laughs>